Welcome back to Bottom of the Smash Mountain. This is Season 2, Episode 3, GMO Spring Recap and Melee Funnels. So, thank you all for joining me. I'm your host, Jesse, aka Cypher003, aka I don't care what you call me. And I am so happy that you are here for another episode. Today we have JDMH on, who is definitely out here doing work and we're going to talk a little bit about that especially as it com- comes to as it goes to as it pertains to <laughs> as it pertains to gallant melee open spring edition we're going to launch into a little bit of the melee being better idea the melee being more popular idea first before recapping GMO Spring, but we will get to that, so hang in with us. It's a great discussion. You will notice that my microphone sort of improves. I tried recording with my Samson Q2U microphone locally on my laptop as I was using my Apple headphones and, well, the microphone on that to actually do the Discord call to have that recorded. And then I did all the editing stuff that one does because I'm a professional podcaster (laughs) uh, that uh, doesn't make any money, and I put it all together. So hopefully it sounds good. Give me your thoughts on it. And uh, afterwards, I have some very important things I need to talk about. I need to talk about the announcement of Slippy Champions League 2. It is here, and we're going to not talk about it in this interview, which I'm very annoyed at. It was announced after we started recording, but I didn't know until we were done recording. So I will talk about that by myself when we're done with the interview, and then I'm also going to sing Ted Green of Alston Melee, Happy Birthday. So please, stick around and enjoy the interview. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. We are at bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm so happy to be joined by a now two-time guest, two-time guest, JDMH underscore, JD, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I like the uh, I like the sound effects. I like the onomatopoeias. So getting more and more like a radio show every day. Feels good. <laughs> um, feels good to be on for the two time. It feels awesome to have you on. I'm really excited to talk about Gallant Melee Open Spring Edition and to cover similar Smash Bros. Melee-related topics, but first I just wanted to check in with you, see how you're doing. You have been grinding away, and before we started recording, I was telling you, every time I have someone onto the podcast who is a mutual of ours, and you come up in conversation, they're always just like, big ups, big respect to JDMH, big grinder, working hard out there. uh, Yeah, it feels weird, because I... uh... I never expect like uh, any compliments like that. So whenever, whenever I get them like that, it's just uh, it's kind of weird. But yeah, I've been uh, just getting a lot of commission work done, doing little stuff on a bunch of events, both local and not. Uh, with online, it's super sick because you can just like, it doesn't matter where anyone is. Like if I, before COVID, like if I wanted to go work at like, if I wanted to, do work like at Genesis, I'd have to fly across the country. But like, if I want to work on an event in like SoCal, I can just like hop on a Discord and like talk to them on a call and just get it done. Um, so aside like the, uh, it's just it's just a lot easier to get more people from like more regions uh, to do stuff. So it's like, I think it's 
easier now to get your name out just because like online stuff but yeah i've been doing a bunch of online stuff doing helping with a bunch of tournaments and uh i guess you could consider it grinding absolutely that sounds like a lot of grinding to me because you're you're not only going around saying hey uh you want to do an interview it's just audio only no big deal like you're saying hey this is what i have to offer i could do 3d i can do these other things because it's not it's not just the 3d asset stuff but i know that's one of the main things you were responsible for in regards to the gallant melee open spring edition you were accredited by deer in the the after broadcast message that he shot out to everyone you were the 3d assets guy what exactly does that mean i mean i i think i know but it, just in case i don't well how about this i know but i want to make sure you know oh okay um first of all i want to <laughs> shout out the uh the call out deer did because uh i've done credits for other events like uh i specifically whoever remembers the uh the dumpster fire that was the uh Five days of melee credit sequence that played on the broadcast. That was a nightmare, and organizing the credits and finishing that was a nightmare. So I think like the main TO just sitting there and like listing and reading off all the credits him like themselves, right? I think is like first of all just like a better way to present it because it feels more like genuine. Of like this is an individual calling you out for the cool thing that you did, and I think uh, I think that's the move going forward. First of all, I think that's so sick. I think more TO should do that. Uh, to, an to answer the actual question, um, so I didn't do a lot for Galant. Galant? I don't know how Deer wants to pronounce it. Um, it I basically did, because I was swamped with a bunch of commission work on the side. Uh, so all I was able to do, really, was, uh, so the animated background, the, uh, the, like, uh, synthwave polygon, like, flowing background that you saw during commentators and BRB, that was me. Uh, the pedal stinger, where they all fall down and one covers the screen, that was me as well. Um, and then, what else did I do? I, uh, I mean, that transition was amazing. That was um, Van City Primal's idea. The one who did the uh, stage mods and uh, does a bunch of cool skins. That was his idea. And then I took uh, what Compy had did for uh, the the falling pedals that you see for all the uh, the Twitter announcement videos and stuff like that. I took that idea and just like uh, turned it into a stinger. And that was like a super original thing that I think is super cool, but can only be done once. <laughs> um, I think that was super cool. And I really like doing that. Uh, the last thing I was able to do was uh, the summer announcement, the, the Galant summer 2021 announcement, which was uh, I gave, I had the background, the like wavy background finished. I did a 3d version of the Galant logo uh because i had the vector file available from five days of melee so i did the credit sequence there so before i basically got onto galint by creating a 3d version of the logo super quick and then showing that to deer and he's going i was going to bring you on anyway come on um and now i just had a cool thing to show so i had that file which was all the stuff there i sent it over to compi who's a goat and basically like put together a rough version of the sequence uh like an animatic version of uh the final version that you'd see. And then I touched it up, did a couple of fixes. Um, and then we were able to get it done and rendered out by uh, winners quarters of top eight. And it was, it was super nice. So I did not as much as I would have wanted, but I did do a decent amount of cool work for that event. 
winner's quarters. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. I think I, my my uh my bet was winner's semis is what we were gonna have it by. Flashburn, who was running the stream, uh, was used to my antics from five days of melee, uh, because I I didn't know this until he told it to me when he was worried about my uh my trailer file for this event. He was like. Oh, I can't remember the exact message, but it was like, uh, I just hope it's not the nightmare 27 gigabyte uh, credits file that we had for five days of Melee. And I'm like, oh man, it was that big? Uh, so Flashburn probably wasn't too happy with me until I delivered a very small file at the end. So I uh, I saved it. I clutched it. it. It's called growing. Well, actually shrinking in this specific instance, but you get it. Yes, you're, you're evolving. You're evolving. I love that. That's very cool. Even if you didn't do as much as you would necessarily want to on a specific project, the idea there was that you had a bunch of projects you were working on. If you don't mind me asking, is this the full-time gig for you? Are you just out there hustling out commissions and gigs? Uh, yeah, it's pretty much. Uh, for context, I'm now 19. I've never worked a 9-to-5. Um, I... Uh, I don't need to pay rent, so basically I'm just uh, I'm grinding right now while I have the privilege to basically um, getting the name out there, getting all stuff together, um, trying to keep it. I'm trying to keep event work solely to Smash because it's just the thing I know and the thing I'm most passionate about. I've gotten hit up for other stuff in the past, um, but I do want to keep like I want to. Uh, I want to do mostly smash things. So event side, I do a bunch of smash stuff. And then for commissions, it's just whoever wants whatever, right? Uh, I've done like event logos and like some graphics and just, it's a bunch of odd jobs, right? To get enough money to be able to pay a month's rent when like I, I'm, I'm out in the, in the real world with a bunch of friends. That's the, that's the plan is to get out pretty soon, move out to an apartment uh, with the local group in Toledo. A big gamer house, that. and basically, basically, yeah, it'd just be me doing event work and odd jobs to make rent every month, uh, and whatever that evolves to, um, like further on, I guess I just like come at. But for right now, yeah, it's just uh, little stuff, which is kind of like why I, uh, I only I wanted to do more for Galant, um, mostly it's because like uh, I want like more to show but i also want more money and i want to be able to like uh i, I want to because smash budgets are notoriously very small so i want to be like if i if, if i do like a there's like a threshold where i can ask for more money and it's not super weird um speaking of small budgets this has been a topic of discussion on the melee twitter this past week and something that i shot a message to you and was like, do you have any thoughts about this? And you were like, yeah, I've got thoughts. And to those who are loyal followers of the JDMH underscore Twitter handle, you will find plenty of thoughts from JD. So you don't have to just listen to an hour-ish long podcast. You can also just go to JD's Twitter and you can yeah, get you some probably, great insight. Probably shouldn't. I think uh, my, my condensed ideas are, are probably where they're in their best form, I think. But But yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, the ideas are just like I condense stuff down there, so I don't have to. I don't have to do an hour long thing. But yeah, I got a lot of thoughts. 
Of course. I want to firstly say, I forgot to say this before we started recording, I wasn't able to talk to my dad this weekend. He's a marketing manager, so he uh. would know about marketing as a general idea. But something that I thought of recently, because it was mentioned by Wisely, who is also a great follow on Twitter, yeah. at Wisely. Oh, that's not the full Twitter handle. But if you look up Wisely, you'll find a bald man with a, an amazing beard, a Minnesota tournament organizer. Anyway, something that he was saying was, why aren't we doing more content related to hugs when hug was on like a BuzzFeed video being drunk, playing against yep. a casual, like take a shot every time the pro wins hugs yep. so that progressively getting more and more drunk and that would be hilarious it's a good idea for content it's like one of the more more viewed melee bits so i got curious and i just looked up smash bros on youtube to see what the most viewed smash Ooh. bros video was just literally those words i didn't look up melee mm -hmm. i just looked yep. up smash bros it was it was an animated cartoon and it was like a com like a co comedy animated cartoon more or less so I'm yes. thinking, right. Of, of course it's not. Of course it's not a grand final set between Armada and Mango. Silly yep. me. I I am just so far into the competitive yeah, scene. Yeah, it would be it would be something about Smash Bros. And then it would be some official Nintendo stuff. And then it would be the compiled Smash documentary with 22 million. And then it would be um, a GR Smash video. And then it would be another GR Smash video. And then it would be the Ludwig video. Um... And then it'd just be some other stuff. Maybe an Awesome Sauce video. Shout out to Probably. Awesome Sauce. Great content. I think Awesome Sauce. Has Awesome Sauce hit a million? That'd be crazy. I hope so. I hope Seriously. so, too. It's great. It's great content. And speaking of, new video coming out soon, so I'm excited to see that. Ooh, yeah. But I... But, uh, uh, that, those, those, are, those are my thoughts. I, were, I was not able to really come up with a super great... Intelligent thoughts about how to make melee more appealing to a casual viewer, but I was wondering if you wanted to share not all of your thoughts. You don't have to ramble on if you don't want to, but maybe one or two that come to mind. I uh, if you if you're gonna ask me to ramble, the answer is always gonna be yes. But uh, well, ramble away. So so it's gonna be mostly for the detriment of the audience, unless they're like, I think if they're listening to this pod, they're probably they're probably too deep in anyway. Um, We're ready. So I was watching, <laughs> um. What was it? It was, it was Wednesday where Walt and Radar did the mix up with the Melee Stats guys, and Austin Melee had a podcast. Um, and this is when this was the day after Tof had made the tweet, the quote tweet, um, being like, "Hey, why can't we be marketable right now? What's happening here? Why do people think we're dead?" Uh, and the day after that, that was Thursday, probably. I might be getting dates wrong, but uh, he did a uh, no. It was Tuesday. Tove had a stream Tuesday, so the tweet was Monday. He did a marketing whatever with Atrioc. Uh, he had Atrioc on uh, marketing manager at NVIDIA for North America. I don't know his exact job description. Big marketing guy, makes a lot of money, does a lot of good stuff. Um, so him and Tove were on the stream, and basically uh, the knowledge bomb that Atrioc dropped on us is a, um, is a concept that I hadn't heard of before, which is basically like the funnel of marketing where you have uh i don't even remember at this point but there was like it's like it's it's a reverse pyramid obviously and then you have the most dedicated fans at the bottom at the tip uh and then you go further out into less known and like uh or whatever i'm probably butchering it what matters is the top of the funnel 
which is where you first get people in, which is awareness. Um, and basically what Atriox said is that there's like five tiers to it. Um, and we're great at every single one. As soon as we get you in to the game, you can go to Slippy and you can start playing immediately. And then you can go into the Melee Online Discord and then you can uh, watch some Walt documentaries and then you can go to Melee Stats. And then you can, it, it's very easy once you're already into the game to go down the insane rabbit hole. Um, we've made that very, very easy to this point. And I think Slippy is only going to make it easier. The initial problem is getting people into the game is getting people to slippy.gg, right? And is getting people uh, that initial hook, right? And uh, what HROC is basically saying is that people were saying, wait for the new doc, wait for the new doc. All we got to do is wait for the new doc because that's what the first one did in 2014. You had uh, Evo into the documentary, which was crazy. Um, and then you had Evo alongside the documentary dropping, which is you get people into the funnel super easily because there's... Um, there's one method, a documentary on YouTube, where it's like, what is this man's face? Let me click. There's a Smash Brothers documentary. Uh, I don't know anything about that. So that's an easy way to get into the funnel. And then you also have uh, Evo uh, with 200,000 viewers, 100,000 of which basically had never watched Smash before. And so that's a super easy way to get into the funnel. Um, with online and where we're at now in 2020 and 2021, you have the new documentary coming out, Metagame. Uh, and you just kind of it kind of fizzled um, and there's a lot of reasons why it fizzled and there's a lot of reasons why it doesn't integrate people in like it did with the last documentary. Right. Um, for one, what he was mentioning is you have people like uh, Leffen and Mango who are two of the biggest influencers on literally every platform saying, I didn't really like how I was portrayed. I didn't like how I, how I came out in the documentary. Um, and if people wanted to see how they were portrayed in the documentary, you had to go through a Vimeo paywall. Uh, None of which is really the fault of Samox because he has bills to pay and he still needs to make money back on metagame, right? So it's just circumstances of the situation. Either way, the new documentary isn't doing what the old one did. So we can't rely on those methods anymore, right? And it basically comes down to what is what what are the poles to get people into Slippy, right? And this is where you get to the point. People throw around a lot of ideas. Right. Um, one of the big ones that I saw um, the Austin Melee podcast, as well as Tofa Nitrock mentioned, were a uh, a Pog Champs sort of thing, where you had a pro streamer and uh, or, you, or you had a uh, streamer, a big streamer, and then you had a pro player, and they were like they were either put in a bracket or put into teams, one streamer, one pro, and then you would like train them after a certain point or like do something like that. Um, I think that has its issues. That's worth like discussing, I think, uh, which is the great part about this. Everything's worth discussing. Um, but one thing, getting people into the funnel that is always a constant. It's you, th you ask this question to yourself, like what is the problem with Melee's marketing? How do we get more people in? Your answer is going to be Ludwig because currently he is the most subscribed person on Twitch.tv and has 700,000 Twitch followers, right? You think I... Ludwig is going to have 50,000 concurrent viewers. No matter what, he's going to play Melee and it's going to get people into the game. Uh, sure, but that's a Band-Aid, I think. Um, getting Ludwig to just put the game on his stream is a Band-Aid and it doesn't help the long term, right? Uh, as well as... Uh, so today is the 22nd. Yesterday, during his Subathon stream, he put a... 
Turn Down for Walt's amazing Apex 2015 documentary. It was an hour long. I was going to say that, yeah. It was Eamon's birthday, so um, Ludwig was out of the room doing something else. Uh, he needed an hour break. Good for him. Uh, and so they put the documentary on. Uh, chat loved it. They started a, uh, a Stack It Up PP chant. It was fantastic. Um, and it was all great. And uh, he boosted Walt's video uh, to double the likes. But aside from that, that is that is just a Band-Aid, right? There's no long-term help to getting people into the game, right? There's, there's nothing really to it. So I think a, a more long-term sustainable option still needs to be figured out. And we don't know what that is yet, but the fact that this is being brought up at all and being discussed um, between like ourselves and on basically any melee, I guess I would call them publications, uh, <laughs> is great. I think this discussion is needed uh, between old generation and new generation. Um, and I think it's very... I think it's important that this conversation is had in the first place. So TLDR, getting more people into Melee. Uh, Ludwig is a Band-Aid. The real long-term answer, we don't know yet. That's true because we can't just have something go viral because we say, oh, this is a really good video, and it just gets 20,000 views. Theoretically, you, theoretically the, you can. All the Melee people watch it, but then none of the actual casuals who's never who've never watched Melee in their life are going to watch it. So Walt and I think Awesome Sauce are very good examples because you can click on the curious story of a bait versus S2J and kind of like not know what's going on, but kind of like get the idea. It's the thumbnails like the stomp and Luigi's coming in with this missile. And that's a cool video. That's a great video. That's the first one I worked on with Walt, by the way. I did the intro and outro for that one. I think I talked Ooh, about that last month. You know, that I thought those looked extra crispy. Good for you, JD. Those have, that video has 250,000 views. Let's um, go. And who's to say who came from Melee and who came from outside of Melee? Um, but I think Walt and Awesome Sauce and Hugh, specifically with Melee is Broken, have uh, broken that barrier in one way or another. Um, and what Wisely was saying on Twitter was basically the idea of like casual content. And, and you could sort of, I guess, call Awesome Sauce's content casual. Uh, you can definitely call Hughes content casual, uh, where you can drop in, not know anything about the competitive format of the game, and kind of uh, and kind of get into there and get into the experience a little bit. Which is why I think uh, there's like a spectrum of like casual and hardcore, where you like you like you like as you start to go over into hardcore, you like dip into the game and then you start playing the game. Um, and there's like there's like Hugh at the far left at casual, and then you have like Awesome Sauce kind of in the center talking about like wave dashing and glitches and stuff. And then you have Walt towards the more hardcore, where he's talking about frame data and tournaments, and he's talking to tos and he's doing breakdowns and stuff like that. Um, and I think like there's a uh, there's a funnel of its own in that way, where I think Walt specifically right now is in a perfect place to like break the casual barrier and to uh and to sort of reach that outside but how specifically he does it we don't actually know right and hopefully there's more content coming soon from turn down for walt i just hope that you know 
self-care as well. The yeah, you know, Apex 2015 video obviously was fantastic. It was awesome. And if anybody's listening to this, you may or may not know I interviewed Walt. It's not a big deal. Okay, so I wanted to give a little shout out to Ludwig, not because he needs one from us necessarily. It's just, it's insane to think about how we talk about someone as coming from Melee being like, yeah, 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 most sub to Twitch streamer. That's not a big deal. I just looked it up. 103,000 subscriptions yep. as of it's right insane. now. Uh, top three ever on the platform. So what's the most What's the most sub? That's what we're going uh, for now, Ninja, right? Ninja with 260-something thousand when he was at his peak. Okay, I don't know if we're going to... Never. Yeah. I, I, I can't say never because Ludwig's insane. Um, but I, it's not, it's, I don't think it's going to happen. But it's in top three on the platform ever. It's crazy. You know, we're we're saying that, but the thing is, is that when when Ludwig had when Ludwig had like ten thousand subs, and I'm looking around, going like, "Oh wow, oh that's really cool." I don't know if there's gonna be many more, but of course, he just keeps growing. So shout out to him and the whole team over there, and I underneath think, uh, the mogul moves, whatever it's called, mogul moves LLC. I think that's love I think I think that's actually what it's called. I it's really doesn't... cool because Ledwig's like very intentional about all this stuff. It seems just from the yeah. outside looking in, it's very very cool. Yeah, he uh, he's he's studied the game. He's studied the game more than I have, but we both know the basic principles. He just acted on it earlier and is more handsome. Uh, which is I would say it. that you are a very handsome person, JD. Uh, so don't, you, don't you sell yourself short. But you look at Ludwig, and Ludwig is like an eight and a half and a nine on a ten. Man's a fucking. He's, he's a hunk of a man, I must say. Um, it's because of the hair. It, it is mostly because of the hair. And Mango tweeted that actually. He was like, "If I," or he said it during streams one time. He's like, "If I had the hair of Ludwig, it'd be over. If I just had his haircut, <laughs> if I had his haircut and his lack of body hair, it'd be over." Um, but I think that I think that goes really well into the idea of like smashers need to diversify more than they ever have, because you see someone like a uh, that's what it goes all the way back to me and Wisely talking about TikTok. Uh, so Alston Melee and Walt both have TikToks right now, uh, and they both have like no followers because they just started. Uh, but that's a good foray into like tick and uh, into like super modern content. Uh, as soon as my hard read is as soon as uh, players like Mango and Zane start to diversify even further into like other games and more content, and actually like they need to shill more, I think, because you see someone like Leffen who without shilling mostly, has gone into other fighting games uh, very easily, including Ultimate, right? Where it's like, he plays he plays Guilty Gear, he plays Dragon Ball, he plays Ultimate. Uh, and while they're still in the general FGC, those have different audiences. Those are all different bubbles. Uh, and so he's gotten, he's accrued more of a base for more different games than anyone else. He's also, like, started a bunch of drama on Twitter, which has probably gotten him followers he wouldn't have gotten otherwise, which is a whole other discussion. Um... But going back to like Mango specifically, um, I think he's very slowly starting to realize that he needs to shill a lot more. Um, he was doing the Pogo Stuck stream where Lud bet him 500 subs that he wouldn't beat it in seven days. He did. Um, and as he finished, he got over the final jump. And afterwards he said, I felt like Ludwig for nine seconds. And it was the best feeling in my entire life. <laughs> and I think, that, I think that is poetic in a way that's like... Uh, if he shilled more with C9 and he did more Valorant videos and he got more Smash videos on C9 and uh, there was just a little more shill in there, um, 
I don't think it would be like I don't think I also don't think that's a long term solution either. I just think it's a step in the right direction towards uh I guess normalizing melee players in like the greater ecosystem. Because someone like Hungrybox, that's also what it is. It's just normalizing melee in the bigger esports ecosystem. Because this original conversation happened because uh, Monte Cristo, long-term esports man, worked on StarCraft, did Brood War stuff, did Overwatch League, uh, has done everything under the sun in traditional esports. I can't believe I just said tradition. God, okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> he tweeted. Uh. he tweeted that uh, it feels like 1v1 esports are dying. I'm not watching StarCraft anymore. I don't see any uh, Brood War stuff anymore. I don't, I kind of don't see any of this anymore. And then there was a commentator below that who was like, oh yeah, I see Melee is kind of dying too. Uh, it seems to have fallen off after COVID. Maybe Ultimate cannibalized it, which is also an insane take. Um, and then what, what sparked that was one of his mutuals being Toaf replied, "That's wait, what? Why do you, why do you think that? How do you wait? No, 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 no. And that's what started this whole thing. Um, and it's just the idea of, I think, normalizing melee in, in the broader ecosystem. And I think Ludwig is doing a great job of that currently, but it's a first step. We are in a lot of first steps right now uh, in terms of actually long-term improvement, in terms of getting the name out there. Uh, and I think as Slippy continues to develop, and we start to put more content on TikTok and Instagram. And we, as we start to like uh, diversify our content in general, having more melee talk shows than ever is very nice. Um, I, we just have to keep going on this trend, even when in-person comes back. Because in-person is going to come back and we're going to go back to our 100,000 viewer, 1,000 entrant tournaments. Uh, but we still need this groundwork of content and slippy. Otherwise, this all fails again, right? Or not necessarily all fails, but we're back to step one, I think, uh, in a way. We could be like better than ever if this content just kind of keeps going and we keep diversifying content. And uh, and Ludwig keeps being the homie. Oh, I love Ludwig for calling back to Melee in whatever facet it happens. Because regardless of what he does with Melee, even if he just talks about Melee for... Yeah an extra five minutes on stream before going to the next thing, whatever it is. Cause Ludwig hardly does melee in a, in a percentage. It, it's, it's very low compared to everything else, but yeah. any amount of time that he spends when there are 30,000, 50,000, 70,000 viewers on his Twitch, mm -hmm. chances are some of them may or may not have heard about melee before. And it's just that it's that top of that funnel. Like you were saying the awareness funnel. I also don't that, see that. That is, that is very important and helpful. So, Thank you, Ludwig. But I wanted to <laughs> I, I wanted to call you out a little bit on this. You keep talking about long term, long term. And I know that you can't predict everything. You don't have all the answers, JD, but Who what is the long term solution to making Melee more popular? Um it's getting rid of a lot of the stigmas. First of all, it's getting rid of a lot of the stigmas. Uh you have the uh, you had the smelly stigma for a long time, which was I guess granted because uh, our venues were small and our players were gross. Uh, and that's just kind of what happens when you're a, a super grimy uh, upcoming esport. League of Legends had the same thing. You look back on Dignitas's 2012 roster, and they look like a bunch of stinky gamers, man. They look disgusting. Um, I don't think 2012 is exactly right. Maybe 2011, 2013, around there. Um, the super early ones, uh, like Season 2, 
Yeah, season. No, the I season, got it. I got it. Season, <laughs> season two Dignitas looks not good. They look like stinky gamers because they didn't have the infrastructure, right? Um, and Melee was like that for the longest time. I, uh, and you start to get over that as uh, everything starts to improve, right? And now we're in convention centers, and now we have a lot more people, and we have a lot more regular people, I guess. Or I guess we're maturing more as a as a community and as like uh, an esports ecosystem at large. So we're kind of not that smelly anymore. Um, but we we did have a lot of pedophiles, and that's just something that we have to accept in the larger scene is something that we is that something that our ecosystem let happen and it's, it's we're gonna have to hold that for a long time and we're gonna have to take a lot of steps forward both uh in our tournament uh rules and our and how we handle ourselves uh at events themselves and also how we handle ourselves like um on twitter and on reddit and stuff like that just uh being you have to like when you have a stigma against you like that um you have to work doubly hard to get it, I guess, removed, right? So during Mango's birthday bash, I think it was, they had axe cans at every single setup. They had one little baby axe can at every single setup where you could just whatever you needed to do. Uh, I bet that venue smelled terrible for multiple reasons. Um, But there was, uh, you got to fight to make those changes uh and you have to make sure like they're actually worthwhile like uh we've done a good job so far of getting like exiling a lot of the pedophiles and and, like in keeping a lot of sexual offenders out but we have to we got to keep moving on that and i think as soon as i think it takes i think four years maybe five years we're gonna be we're gonna start get out getting out of the uh the sexual predator stigma and then uh and then we can start moving forward. That's that's mostly step one. Um, and another part of step one is like uh, just keeping content going um, and keeping it like uh, keeping it pumping. But stigmas, removing stigmas is, I think, just step one before we get like any real progress. Because if you think uh, you look on any, uh, you look on like I don't even remember anymore. Like live stream fails, or you get like people that get first exposed to smash through like maybe like top tens or whatever their first instinct is going to be ah they're a bunch of pedos ah they're stinky he he hoo hoo and like even if they're joking that's what they think right and that's what the that's what they're going to perpetuate uh so getting rid of that is very important on both uh online and off right because when when IRL events come back it's going to be everyone going all right, what's okay to do? Are we still like allowed to play in hotel rooms or all kinds of logistical Dude, questions? Dude, our entire, like that? our entire, the, the way we format that is insane. And like that's all. That's also what like old League of Legends used to do, right? You'd have six people in a four-man hotel, right? Or like a uh, six people in a three-man hotel. You would just kind of run it like that. Um, and you didn't have as many public cases of assault. I imagine they happened, right? Because it's just like. It, it's just what happens. Um, stuff like that isn't publicized as much uh, in those communities, and that's a whole different other discussion. Um, but basically, Smash is a kid's game. Melee is rated E10. Le- uh, or No, uh, Me- Me- Melee is rated teen. Ultimate is rated E10. Um, and so there is inherently this younger demographic um that 
frankly, we should have seen coming, and I think Nintendo saw coming. Um, this is my own, like, tinfoil hat theory. But I imagine one of the reasons they didn't sponsor us is because they figured out how we set up our hotel rooms and realized that 15-year-olds are rooming with 30-year-olds, and they realized, oh, this isn't chill. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Um, there's no basis for that. I just think it's obvious when you connect the dots and like Smash is a younger demographic than most esports, and we are still in the grassroots phase. It's a vicious cycle in a way. Uh, I think um, you're in this vicious cycle of there are young kids, but there's no developer support. Six six man hotel rooms, um, sexual predators, uh, no dev support, um, younger whatever audiences. The, whatever the it, reason it for Nintendo not being involved with with melee or with smash smash four and with ultimate in particular whatever the reason is it it doesn't necessarily matter the result is is that we don't have enough resources to pay more attention to safety and welcomingness because to your point we have been sort of talking about this already resources in terms of finance are very limited so what are we supposed to put money into? Well, we have to put money into the venue. What next? Setups and all kinds of other different things. Sorry, I just those were the two that came to mind. But yeah, you get it for for sure. setting up an IRL event where there's people showing up, people flying in. Sometimes you fly in talent because you're trying to make your event more appealing mm -hmm. to the areas and regions around you. You get it. The point is, is that what what do you have left over for event security? What do you have left over for checking bags? What do you have left over for? any sort of thing like especially when people need help where where are the safe places to go numbers to call or 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 not necessarily therapists i just mean like people who can then pass on reports and allegations to fair objective ruling and that's also very tricky to do so those are committees th to, to solve that kind of stuff those are the kind of things that um are if you think about it on a larger scale, are easier to solve than logistical challenges. Like physical logistical challenges are are more budgetary than a security situation like this in a way. Because uh, you have the code of conduct uh, no longer around, but the people that put it together are still in the scene and still want to help. Um, that was all free. They did it all out of the ki kindness of their heart, and like it's obviously great. Um, there is you don't necessarily have to put budget in that but the fact that there was no there wasn't even an honor system to be like no one was going oh yeah this 16 year old being in this hotel room where they're partying and drinking maybe isn't chill and it's just a it's a it's a systematic like uh it's the it's the vibe it's just like how it's been right it's just like the uh, the mentality that people have had. It's a uh, just like with I I wouldn't call it exactly the same as like people being called out on slurs. Like Scar's big initiative for people to stop saying the F slur um, and the uh, the R slur. He he did a big initiative of that in like 2013, 2014, and uh, it worked really well. And then. Uh, People, people in SoCal and NorCal just kind of stopped, and then that perpetuated in the rest of the scene. Um, and so stuff like um, st stuff like that is something that you can perpetuate like individually. Stuff like that doesn't cost budget; it just costs people being like, "Listen, I am going to 
watch over this kid or like get their parents permission or something before they come to this event and make sure that they are safe and, uh, and try to like get, uh, the whole scenes, like, uh, mentality to change in terms of like how we think of minors in the scene and how we position ourselves like alongside them in terms of, uh, hotels and like, uh, event organizing. Um, I don't think that stuff is as budgetary, as budgetarily limited as you think it is. I think it's just a systematic change that we have to do as individuals. And then it, it, um, it helps the scene. I love that mentality. That's a great way to put it. It's not just on a TO. It's not just on a community leader. It's on you. Mm. And of course it helps when people like yes. Scar, you, community leaders, TOs, head organizers, all that stuff. Are you obviously have a higher example. You obviously have to get a, a higher dedicated position to someone who's at the desk that you can go to in case something happens or like you need a line to call. Like you have to you do have to hire someone for that. Or, or volunteer someone for that. I, I hope you'd pay them, but maybe not. Uh, there does have to be a spot and a position for that because you can't just keep things the way they were and then say, ah, oh, bro code, we're not letting anyone near this minor. Uh, you have to have a position for that. And you have to have some sort of uh, groundwork for that. Uh, so, you, so you're right in a way where it's like you do have to have a higher position and event security is still important, but it is mostly on the mentality of the players. It's a, it's a little bit of both. And as someone who has never been to an attorney before, when I when IRL events do come back and we're all able to safely go back, that's something that I'm going to uh, not look around and judge per se. It's just that I'm going mm -hmm. to, I guess, maybe do my part is probably the best way to put it. Just try to be aware. Like, is this, is something potentially shady going on here? Not that I'm just like only yeah. paying attention to that because we obviously go to tournaments to compete hang out with homies, have a good time. But also just to kind of have that extra piece of just every now and again going like, is everything okay in this room? Are we, are we good? Uh, yeah, I don't know and, if that's the like, best way to put it. It's just, it's just a, another little mentality piece that you can have and raising awareness. It's sort of the same thing as like making melee more popular, making mm -hmm. melee more safe also has to do with making everyone aware of the, Hey, that's the goal. <laughs> Let's yeah. not lose sight of that. And I think I think making melee safe is eventually going to make it more popular because then it's easier to get approval from guardians and stuff like that, and easier to get approval from uh, from sponsorships and stuff like that if you can if you can uh, guarantee safety, I guess. Oh, and we've been dancing around the Nintendo Corporation aspect of this. Of course, that's one of the reasons why melee, in particular, but even Ultimate as well, struggle with being or having a more popular competitive scene that draws in more casual audiences because we could do different sort of things and we have done different sort of things. Like you were talking about the different stage looks for Gallant Melee Open. Mm -hmm. Those were awesome. I especially yep. love the glass floor on Pokemon Stadium. That was really, really cool. If Nintendo wanted to, they could have seen something like that and followed the proper channels to write a cease and desist letter and shut it down. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the whole. If they wanted to, I'm, yeah. obviously that that did not happen. All I'm saying is that we could do more and more things like that, do more and more awesome, sick, 
cool things. Maybe we even add Wolf to competitive someday. We won't. But and <laughs> but then eventually yeah. Nintendo could start looking over and being like, okay, and stop. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's just what the line is, and most people are going. The slippy devs in particular are going. Uh, let's not. Let's just not poke the beast. Let's just not do it, and we can keep the game aesthetically the way it is. As long as you keep the game aesthetically the way it is, the developers that made the game are not going to care. They're the only ones that are going to notice, and they're not going to care. Some Nintendo executive, or not even some some Nintendo like uh, like some hiree, some like some like twenty five year old dude is not going to know the difference between what Van City Primal did to Battlefield for Galint just based on eyesight. He's just going to be like, ah, oh, it's Battlefield. And that's like that's pushing it. But obviously, like uh, the visual improvements that we do with tourneys, with slippy mirroring, uh, some Nintendo employee isn't going to look at that and go, ah, something's wrong. Something's weird. They're being weird. It's just we up the game. Um, and there's like, uh, I think... That specifically, like, you make a good point, but I think it's, uh, we visually keep the game the same. Like, we can mess with that, but you don't poke the beast, right? And I think that's just, uh, along with, like, uh, Nintendo support in general, I've thrown it out of my head. I've been around long enough that I can throw the idea out of my head entirely. Uh, the way I operate is assuming that we will never get anything, right? Um, I assume, I operate entirely on the notion that we will never get support, and that's how... That's how my plans operate. Yeah, I'm I'm just about there with you. I also just think about when when we are taking the time to talk about what melee needs or what we could do better, what we could do more of. Are there new initiatives that are worth looking into and taking? Mm -hmm. Then eventually, Nintendo comes up, <laughs> and yeah. it has to be at least acknowledged. Oh yeah, I've, uh, is... yeah, because that's what that's what happens with the new generation, right? I think this new generation of tos and stuff like that. Uh, basically everyone that ran Galint, uh, there is this mentality of this is what we've done and this is how we do it uh, in terms of visual mods or running a bracket or whatever, right? Um, and uh, we we are starting to push an envelope in terms of like, because people, people have asked these questions in terms of like, what can we do? What do we got? How far can we push it? Like, people have asked these questions before, but they've never been acted upon, right? Um, and now we're in a point with data and modding and online play in itself where this new generation can start to really question that uh, in a way that, like, older TOs uh, wouldn't. And I think that's very nice, but we have to... Uh, as much as we can call old TOs boomers... We have to be aware of why things worked and why they didn't. There's a, and there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Like at one point we did have Nintendo sponsorships. Um, Quote unquote sponsorships. Like, but they still technically counted because you just throw the logo on. Um, right. So you, there was a reason you couldn't display UCF and there's a reason that you couldn't edit the stages. Um, but there wasn't really a reason you couldn't talk about PM. Right. And there really wasn't a reason we couldn't up the game before Slippy, I think. Um, there's there's little stuff that... Uh, it, it's a balancing act, I think, on what we can change and what we can't. And I think as the years go on, we're going to start to realize that more and more and more. Um, but it's always good to uh, to look back before we ask questions, I guess, of what we can change. 
and depending on the leadership sorry i'm not saying depending as in it changes i'm saying <laughs> yeah. leaning on the people who have come before us in terms of whatever it is content creators tos mm -hmm. players there the history is very important to look back remember and then try to take the lessons that have been learned different processes and go okay does it still work now and you know try to apply those questions but also understand and appreciate why they are there in the first place mm -hmm. yep yeah so i wanted to put a bit of a bow on this to also get to recapping the bracket of oh man the... we're not even there yet oh i know i know we have hardly recapped the event but but i wanted to give you an opportunity to close this out before we start trying to do a little bit of that uh just like just just closing it out in general no 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 no, no. sorry oh? i'm talking about closing out the discussion about melee bigger better numbers bigger better person or however ludwig puts yeah. it uh, bigger, numbers, bigger better number person. better person bigger number better person love that that's my, that's my mantra now um melee bigger better i think uh so realistically at the end of the day it's 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 clearing up these uh these uh the the, the stuff that's been put onto us what people think of us it's clearing those up and then moving forward uh, my initial answer when i responded to tof's thread was we because the original thought was online events aren't big right now um and people only know and notice melee when we have a hundred thousand viewers and we're at genesis um you only notice me melee and smash at the at their biggest points and then at any other point they're dead um and so online events like galen only had 200 entrants only peaked at 10k which is like uh, a tenth both of entrance and viewership. So it's like not bad to assume that it's dead, but it's uh, what mainly, what uh, Aiden brought up was making events matter, making online events quote unquote matter. And my original thought was just basically like not fake hyping it, but putting a lot of, putting like two months worth of press and hype into one event. And then basically treating it like it's a giant, giant event, giant major. Um, that was my original thought of just like pumping, pumping budget into it, uh, getting player interviews and hype stuff, cool trailers, getting it way out there, um, and then seeing what happens from there. Um, but it takes a lot of money and a lot of time, so I, I, I like makes sense. People haven't done it yet, um, but yeah, it's getting rid of stigmas, and then uh, moving forward from there. I look big, forward big, to the end of the year. Bigger because... number, better person. Yeah, I look forward to the end of the year. This is how I'll close out this topic because there is the potential of safely returning back to events. We don't know if mm -hmm. that is going to be true or not as of now. I do not want to pretend to know. <laughs> yeah. It's just that if if we continue to get vaccinated and if we continue to move in a positive direction that way, then theoretically speaking, it could be possible to have in-person events back by the end of the year. And Melee turns 20. I've mentioned this to you before. I, I really do feel like a 20-year anniversary of a fighting game, uh, if you want yeah, sure. to call it Go something else, you get it. But I, I am really looking forward to the possibilities that that can potentially have. And then with the return of IRL events, whenever that actually does happen, will be a really big deal as well to both start to destigmatize and also to 
make the content around the competition bigger numbers, better person. Yes, sir. So about Gallant Melee Open Spring Edition, we have talked about it a little bit. We talked about what you did, so kudos to you. Thanks to you. It was amazing to see the interest that that the event held because I, I think what's particularly impressive to me something that is pretty stereotypical and i think we all get this when top top competitors like mango and zane are not present it might not feel as if it matters as much or maybe there's not as much viewership but to to the credit of everyone involved in making this event happen over 200 entrants and peaking at 10,000 viewers on twitch is that's not a bad shake uh, especially without mango and zane i feel like that's that's a that's a really big deal. I, yeah. I don't want to make that sound like, oh, if only we had Mango and Zane. No, I mean it's it, a, it is what it is. But it's yeah. still I still think that's that's pretty good. It's it's a good point that I didn't think, actually think about before you uh, brought it up. Like I didn't even realize that's how good the top eight was. Yeah, and it was really cool to see. I'll just go ahead and pull up. I should just pull up the top eight bracket so that I actually re <laughs> so that I actually remember this. The top eight bracket was S2J, IBDW, Ginger, Moki on the winner's side. And then on the loser's side, it was Two Saint, Hacks Money, SFAT, and Axe. Now, Two Saint is probably the only surprise for this top eight because mm -hmm. Two Saint beat Hungrybox to make top eight. How cool is that? That set was... I don't want to call it stupid. That set was stupid. Oh, wait, what? That set was stupid. Because uh, Puff, Ditto, <laughs> Puff Ditto is you miss one rest, the other guy goes for a rest, the other guy goes for a rest, the other guy goes for a rest. The game's over. Uh, and I think but that's it's how still fun. I mean, I it's still fun. It's still fun, and it, it still like, kept a lot of viewers, but it's like, man, that game was stupid. <laughs> it's not as... Okay, it, it, it just imagine that, except in doubles. You've seen sure. those videos before. Yeah, I know that video. <laughs> It's not, it's just, it's just, they're just resting. It's not, it doesn't even count. Yeah, I, it's okay. I get it. I get it. But I wanted to say, I wanted to shout it out because Two Saint beating Hungrybox in a Puff Ditto feels like a big deal to me somehow. Yeah. I don't know if Two Saint has ever done it before, offline or online, but that still feels like a big deal to me. So kudos to Two Saint for doing that and for taking hacks to game five. That was a really entertaining set as well in Losers Round One of Top Eight. Yeah, I didn't actually get to watch it, but, uh, that's yeah. I need to go back and watch that. Uh, I didn't actually watch a lot of uh, top sixteen going into top eight because I was working on the uh, the summer announcement trailer. Um, so I probably do need to rewatch that. But as soon as I got finished with it, I finished through uh, winter semis all the way through, and it was it was great. Like the top eight was legitimately fantastic. And I wanted to also give a shout out to S2J for holding it down. Not okay. So <clears throat> SVAT acts. Hacks, sorry. No, 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 sorry. I'm mixing myself up because <laughs> they, their names are very, very similar. Tempo Axe, Tempo Storm Axe, and CLG SFAT and S2J, I believe, were the three West Coast players. I believe everybody else is East Coast. IBDW, Ginger, Moki, and Two yep. Saint. Yeah. Yep. So we were we were making some memes about how East Coast brackets are more difficult in these online era stuff, and maybe that's sort of true. It depends on what you feel, but... S2J takes the entire event with a 3-1 over IBDW in Grand Finals. Very well done. GG's to S2J and everybody else, but especially S2J since he obviously won. So that's really, really cool. I love seeing Captain Falcon win 
what I what I what I would call a major, maybe not a super major, but yeah. it, like there plenty of talent that S2J had to beat to get there. He uh, played out of his mind. He played out of his mind. He even said he on Twitter he played out of his mind. He got like there was a tweet, oh, I don't remember who made it, but it was like, what do you call a Johnny stock when he what do you call a a game when Johnny gets a Johnny stock every stock? Right? It and that's what he did that for like multiple That's games. what he was doing every single stock against IBDW in grand finals. It was like IBDW would get like a half step over him and then he would just smash in another smash another stock out, you know what I mean? It's insane. It was legitimately crazy. I need to go rewatch those sets, but yeah. Uh insane good competition which is probably why it uh what contributed to a lot of the uh success specifically of top eight top eight's really really cool i was only able to watch uh i mean like probably like half of it i would say at this point i tried to catch up on a few sets today and then i was only able to watch a little bit here and there the rest of the weekend but i was able to i think get a good snapshot of things and what was what was sort of funny or maybe it's not funny <laughs> It's funny to me. Uh, you can already hear it in my, you can already hear it in my voice. In the winner semifinal set, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a disconnection because S2J's power went out. Yeah, yeah, he's had a lot of problems like that. He's gone to Mango's house before to just finish an event, which is insane to me. Um, but he's just he's just on that. And he has fiber too, so he has the best internet possible. His power just kind of went kaput. All it takes is a little flutter, and then it all just sort of falls apart. Have to restart the computer, the modem, the router, the whatever, and it's just yeah, it sucks. But which which is the worst to... part of the event? But like thinking about it, like you have slippy replays at this point, which is what they ran for pools. Um, they picked the best replays for pools, and then they just ran that for the broadcast. And I think like you can theoretically avoid situations like that if you just did replays all the way through, all the way up to top eight, and then all the way at the end. Uh, spoilers become an issue, but like uh, replay files, just fix that. I think. Well, this is Twitch chat we're talking about. So true. Deer was in Twitch chat, uh, banning spoilers. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Deer. Shout outs to Deer. Not only, <laughs> I mean, obviously there were other people running the stream. Shout outs to them as well. I'm sorry, I forget your names. Maybe you can remember for me, JD. But Deer uh, was yeah. was had to do a lot of stuff to get this event to get off the ground, and then being in Twitch chat, moderating as well, able to able to say fuck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was my favorite great. part. It was great. We got freed. It was fantastic. No, Deer wore like seven hats at least uh, during that, and I don't think. Uh, I don't want to discredit in-person TOs, but I think you legitimately can't put that many hats on while you're at an in-person event. I think online grants this really specific superpower where uh, you're able to multitask way more efficiently and you can grab more people from more places, which makes multitasking for a group way easier, um, which is why the event in general ran so well. Uh, it ended at a decent time. And then once it's done, it's done. You know, stacking the chairs, you know, to do anything specific like that, which is a, a blessing, really. It's great. Don't have to lug out CRTs or even just setups in general. Oh, it's I mean, fantastic. If you don't have to lug out a CRT, if it's a monitor instead, the point is it's still carrying stuff. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's great. That's pretty much all I got for in terms of, like, notable things that happened. I guess you could say Moki placing really high at third is notable but i think moki has had a few top three finishes and a first and an earlier online event this year so 
Milky's definitely playing well more recently. I think that there's been a turning point at some point within the past few months, and now Milky's just like a top eight consistent presence and then pushing for that top three spot too. Yeah, he uh, wasn't able to play for a while. I think it was uh, his home situation or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he wasn't able to compete for a while. And now that he's back, I think he's actually just like a real force. And I'm looking forward to seeing whatever the next big event that draws everybody in. But it will not be, and this is a good thing. This is the thing that I wanted to finish up on our last topic of the evening, if you will. I mean, uh, unless you have anything else. But the Alston Melee Bender. Yes, sir. First of all, that was such an awesome announcement on content day. So this was a three-day event. Gallon Melee Open Spring Edition was a three-day event where the first day was content and also a volleyball exhibition, which that was really fun to watch too. But the Alston Melee crew debuted their newest top 10 video, Crews That Changed Melee. So that's really cool. But at the end, they announced that they're having an East Coast locked. And when I say East Coast, I really do mean literally the East Coast of the United States locked tournament, online tournament with all kinds of really, really cool stuff. I, I think that the merch is definitely been the day one and day two and three winner of that announcement. But just in general, you you probably knew a little bit of that about this before the announcement was dropped, but your thoughts so far? Uh, it's incredible. It's super good. I think uh, Austin Melee are doing something if you remember the bad melee days, um, with uh, Slime, Donby, uh, Dawson, and I'm forgetting the fourth person. I feel like an absolutely terrible uh, Neeper. Neeper was on sometimes. Uh, wow, I feel terrible now. Who was the first fourth person? Maybe there wasn't a fourth person. I'm a boomer. Okay, that's what I'm realizing. Uh, anyway, uh, Alston melee is the modern day equivalent of bad melee where they it was four boys they sat down at a table and had a podcast and they just riffed and they were funny they were really funny um it was boys being dudes and they just talked about melee the best way they know how um and they just made great stuff and slime during that uh slime on the scene was posted on the bad melee channel and that was uh the main thing that got him up and going and then eventually got his in it song it and then we know how that goes um Alston Melee is like if you took Bad Melee and then put like an extra like 15 milligrams of motivation in. Um, How about steroids? Just roid it up. Not quite. Not quite. We're not there yet. Um, <laughs> soon. I think because uh, well, Alston Melee, you have you have the podcast. You got the boys on the couch. Um, you got them riffing like you do, talking about modern day topics, modern day boys. Um, but you also have the top tens. The top tens are incredible. Um much like Slime on the Scene had an interview format, Alston Melee has the top ten format where both are both are that nice top level like something you can very easily get into. Um and I think they're excuse me, I think they're both very good content forms. And I think Alston Melee going into this event format is that next level, right? That puts them I don't like directly comparing these two, but there are so many similarities that I actually just like can't avoid it. Um, Alston, the Alston melee bender is like, I'm not going to say unprecedented, but it's kind of unprecedented Um, where you had uh, people like Dawson who ran stuff in SoCal. I don't know the difference between SoCal and NorCal anymore, dude. I don't live over there. Um, he used a TO for one of the regions. He ran Power 9. 
Um, but as far as I know, never ran anything for Bad Melee as a group. Because um, I think Bad Melee was just the name of their podcast. And then Slime on the Scene just happened to go on it. I don't know the exact specifics. For Allstate Melee, Allstate Melee is a group of boys making content. Always. There's like a, there's like a next level to it. Where they're... Uh, they're it's just... I think we're... The Bender is a really good sign of where Melee content is going. Because you can have people from inside the community create a podcast, create some top tens, make a, make some video content, and then eventually break new ground with like uh like an event or uh or like a roast. Slime ended up making like most of the bad melee crew ended up making the roast of Hugo Gonzalez for Summit. Um and imagine if it wasn't on Summit, it would have been like way more scuffed and would have been on bad melee. Um you get these like groundbreaking mediums, I guess, in a way for melee. Uh, because the bender is a forty-eight hour event. All of it is going to be streamed. The all of it is planned. Uh, there's going to be forty-eight hours live on two different channels, BTS Smash and Austin Melee. And there's going to be twenty-four-seven content. Uh, and so while big streams like that are not unprecedented with five days of melee and stuff like that. Um, an individual group doing that, like the homies putting that together, uh, for their content group and on their channel is completely unprecedented. And I feel very good about the future. Um, just looking at the merch, just merch is the day one, right? Like it's just so good. And that was the first step I think. Um, cause Patty specifically wanted to make like really banger merch. That was something he was talking about really early on. Um, and I know that that mentality I was just in a meeting with all the boys in regards to stuff that we're doing. And I know that that passion is like, it's there in every single aspect. So like you guys thought the merch was good. Everything else is going to be as good. And that elevates like the game as a whole. And I think it's so sick. Speaking of sick content about the top tens, we, we neglected to mention this earlier when we were talking about marketing type stuff. Also melee makes top tens that are great for a casual to watch as well as great for a hardcore spectator or player or whoever in melee that's like neck deep in melee to watch. It's, it's especially fantastic. when there's videos that are titled like 10 ways to get into the melee scene. God, that video is that incredible. Video. That's a video that I'll try to share with people who be all like, what's melee. And I'm like, watch this video. I wish you that video I mean? was like on the slippy website. I want, I want like, I want it to be very, very widely available because I think it shows a lot of good stuff, and I think uh, it's very underutilized. Like, I forgot it existed until like two weeks ago, even though I watched it when it came <laughs> out. I watched it the day it came out and like liked it and retweeted it, and I just forgot it existed. But that's so cool that that's a thing. And here's the other thing that I'll note: Patty, especially, but also Ryan as well of Austin Melee, they have a lot of experience with running tournaments. They both helped run tournaments back in the day in the pre-pandemic era. So this to me feels like a very natural step forward, not only in terms of running a, an event that has brackets and such, but also to your point, the 48 hour stream concept. It's like a little weekend of just melee weekend. It's not five days of melee. It's not melee weekend. Cause I'm, I'm trying to call it other things to sort of yeah. hearken to that idea where it's going to be 48 straight hours of, 
banger content, and I'm really, right. really excited for it. Obviously, you you couldn't hear it in my voice. I'm <laughs> yeah. super excited for it. It's coming up here first weekend of April, in case you're curious. Don't worry. This will not be the last time that I will talk about that on Bottom of the Smash Mountain. Of course. Well, that's pretty much all I got. Do you wanna do you wanna add anything else? Did you, was there anything else that you wanted to get off your chest here, or uh, are you, about, you 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 have been in a lot of different meetings today? Melee's sick, uh, and I think the game. Uh, I I said earlier that I I run with the uh, the notion. All of my ideas run on the notion that Nintendo will never sponsor us. They also run on the notion that Melee will never die. It's like a no brainer. The no brainers in my in my head are Nintendo will never sponsor us. But this game will also never die. Um, and that's how I think about everything in the Melee community. Um, those are no-brainers, and I think they will always be no-brainers. Um, this game will never die as long as we're still doing this, as long as we're still going and as long as we're still making stuff, and as long as we're still playing the game, as long as Fizzy can still keep those servers up, it doesn't matter. We're, we're going forever. Support all the people that we have mentioned and uh you know who you are <laughs> and long live melee i love it jd thank you so much for being on looking forward to having you on in the future again if you're willing why don't you tell the people where they can find you so that they can interact with you uh twitch.tv slash jdmh uh, i don't stream very often but i do want to stream more uh twitter.com slash jdmh that works at jdmh underscore uh i really wish you could have less than five characters in your twitter name um but if it's a legacy feature and the guy who has it can't give it to me. Uh, Twitter, Twitch, uh, YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. I forgot. Uh, it's just JDMH. I got really good brain integrity. Uh, I do State of Melee, which is my own interview show. I uh, had Aiden on, and then I had Matt Dazeb on, uh, and we talked about cool stuff and the future of the game. Um, it's kind of like this podcast, but we go super in deep. Uh, cause I, I want to get into the real, real nitty gritty. Like, uh, Aiden was, I just want like crazy ideas about like, I want to hear the stuff that people pitch in meeting rooms that never happens. And I want that to be public so people can take it and maybe do it, including myself. <laughs> so are you uh, saying that I'm not doing a good enough job asking people questions on here? I think they're different audiences. I think, uh, you're asking the right questions for a subsect of people, uh, for, uh, I'd guess larger subsect of people because uh, my videos only cater to TOs and yours cater to melee fans. So it's, it's a different <laughs> thing. Both deserve to exist. And I'm, personally, I think both are good. Uh, YouTube, JDMH. I don't have a vanity link because I don't have enough subscribers. But uh, State of we'll Melee. There. State of Melee. Yes, we will. Um, thanks for having and me. And I on. love I your interviews, it. by the way. I love your interviews. Thank you. I try... Uh, I try hard enough to uh, get a get a bunch of questions together. I definitely wouldn't put an interview together if I didn't have questions. Yeah, I go back and forth on that. But yes, JD, thank you so much for being on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. We did it. We made it. You are here at the end of the interview. So thank you so much for listening. But we have a little bit more to go through before we're done because holy cow. Slippy Champions League is back, back for another run, back for me to have things to talk about for a month-ish, you get it, and let's just go to BTS Smash on Twitter, at BTS 
smash. Obviously, all one word because it's a Twitter handle. You get it. And let's talk about their tweet making this announcement. <clears throat> get ready for more Melee. Summit Champions League Season 2 is coming! Explosion emoji head. And then more emojis. Open qualifiers through Levo. $10,000 prize pool. Kicking off April 11th. Oh, no. The thing is about to turn on. I'll be right back. Full disclosure, full disclosure, I'm at the work place where I work right now. Now, back to the tweet. And introducing at HyperX and at Hitbox, hit underscore box, you get it, as our proud partners of hashtag SCL2. So we get another Slippy Champions League. Woo! That's very exciting for me because I thoroughly enjoyed last year at the end of towards the end of the year this was uh, i want to say october or november ish because slippy champions league led to melee summit 10 or smash summit you get it and well maybe it's just summit 10 it's probably going to lead to the next summit for melee the slippy champions league 2 but we don't know that for a fact because i didn't see it in the tweet so the important thing that you need to know is that it won't just be for the people who we all know and love, like Mango, Zane, and so on. This event is going to be for potentially anyone who's willing to enter in the North American region. I have to assume it's the same as Slippy Champions League, the first go-around, where it is only available for the North American players. To my European, Oceania, Japan, other regions... You get it. South America and so on. I don't want to miss anyone, but the point is that to the non-North American players out there, you are special and you are loved, but this particular thing is not for you. I'm really excited about the possibilities of the Smash World Tour, hopefully bringing in the international talent, if you will, to play against North American players, but it's not going to happen in the context of this Slippy Champions League 2. So... All that to say, you can not only watch your favorite players, you yourself can potentially play amongst them and really kick some butt. It's super exciting to think about the possibility of someone new, someone like Mook or Fancris, who I would be rooting for one of those two to make Slippy Champions League. And if it doesn't happen, that's no worries. It's just who I'm rooting for personally. But you, the listener, know of the hidden bosses in your region or you know local players that are around you where you go. They don't get enough respect. And all they got to do is qualify to hopefully break their way into the tiers of Slippy Champions League. Last time it was sort of like a tier one, tier two, tier three sort of situation where Mango and Zane were in tier one. And then players like Ginger, and which is, by the way, Ginger's probably going to be in tier one this time, but we'll see. See, this is the exciting thing. But tier two was like the uh, fringe top 10 to top five players or top 20 to top 10 players. You get it. And so on. And then they had qualifiers every round of the Slippy Champions League so that you could potentially see other people go in. So I'm excited to see the possibility of throughout these four weeks where we're going to have a lot of high-level matches, 
what happens for the players that are trying to break in, that are trying to get into the first tier from tier two or tier three to tier two. You can potentially move all the way up, all the way down, all those kind of things. It was really cool to talk about and to, I mean, analyze is not necessarily my thing, but it was really cool to see not only the matches for Slippy Champions League one but also all the content that was around it. And now I get to humbly present myself as someone who's going to be talking about it. Oh no, you say. (laughs) But uh, we're here for the ride, and I'm glad that you have stuck with me so far. To anyone who's left, we have one other thing to talk about before we get you going here. Yesterday, as in Monday on March 22nd, was Ted Green's birthday of Austin Melee. Before I sing happy birthday, I just want to say a few things. I don't expect people to tell me happy birthday or show that them reaching out to me on my born day is somehow indicative of their friendship level, how much they care about me, those sort of things. And so in return, I expect all of you to not get uppity when it's your birthday and I don't give you a shout out on the podcast or I don't give you a shout out on Twitter, other social media platforms. The only reason why I'm singing happy birthday to Ted is because Ted is a big friend of the program. That's obvious because he was already on for an interview and you should go check it out. But the other thing is that it was uh, made known to me. And so I was like, oh, okay, so that's the thing. And I'll put it down and I'll sing happy birthday and it's not that big of a deal. Please do not put me singing happy birthday to someone and not you as a big deal category. I don't really put much thought into it. The most thought that I put into it is me telling you that I don't put a lot of thought into that sort of thing. If I miss your birthday, that's fine. I would be happy to sing for you if you want me to. After hearing me sing, you may not want me to. (laughs) All right. Now that we've gotten all the pleasantries out of the way, let's sing happy birthday to Ted Green of Alston Melee. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Ted Green of Austin Melee. Happy birthday to you. Oh, what an amazing accomplishment, Ted. You made it around the sun in a revolution sort of thing another time. Woo! Good for you. And that that allows me to say that I'm also not only looking forward to Slippy Champions League 2, which is coming up in April here. Before all that, we have Austin Melee Bender coming up to to kick off the month of April. The first weekend of April is going to be Austin Melee Bender. So if you are on the East Coast in in the United States specifically, sorry, Canada, sorry, Mexico, you are eligible to register for this super awesome event for free, but be very careful. If Patty finds out, and Patty will find out, if you try to register for this event because it's super sick, who wouldn't want to be part of it, and you are not in the region that is allowed to register, then you will be found out and maybe not allowed to enter in future Alston Melee hosted events. So there's your warning. That was something that I saw on the Alston Melee Discord today. So I thought, you know what? I'll just pass it on. I think that we all understand it would be really cool if absolutely everyone worldwide can be involved, but there are still limits. There are still region lock things. 
And the challenge is, if you're not on the East Coast, well, who can possibly run the event on the West Coast? That's super cool. That's super sick. And you can say to the East Coast people like myself, yeah, you got Austin Melee. We got so-and-so. And everybody's happy. And hopefully it's like that across the board. So I don't think that anyone should walk away from this podcast thinking, Austin Melee doesn't want me. Of course they do. Just not this time. <laughs> so with that, I should also say I'm not technically affiliated with Austin Melee. I love them, and I think they like me enough to still interact with me on Twitter and so on. But we're not actually affiliated. So me saying all these things, to answer any questions that you actually have, go to Smash GG and look up Austin Melee Bender. You can see all the details, who and what regions are allowed to enter, and you can have all of your questions answered because there's an email address, I'm assuming, or a link to their Discord. It's one of those two where you can have all questions answered, all information provided. So you are going to be all set. And now let's get you out of here. Catch you later. How about that?